This is episode number 108 of the Life, Strength, and Health podcast. Kim here. Thank you for joining me this week. And this week's testimonial is from Chittima. Chittima wrote, My colon hydrotherapy was a pleasant experience from start to finish. The staff was very professional and addressed any concerns I had throughout the process. I appreciated the detailed consultation that accompanied my new patient appointment. It helped to ease any anxiety I was having. The aromatherapy throughout the facility was soothing and the the system for colon hydrotherapy was very efficient as there was absolutely no foul odor from the waste in the room. This was the perfect initial colon cleanse to do after my 10-day green smoothie detox. Jamal and Kim make a great team. I really appreciate the fact that there was no pressure to sign up for any services. All of the information was presented to me and I'm able to go back home to look through in more detail before deciding in what path I want to take the services. Thank you once again. I'm sure I will utilize your services again in the future. Thank you so much, Chitima, for your kind words, and we wish you much health success. This week's Organic Food for Thought is on high blood pressure. At the time of this recording, John Singleton, the well-known director of so many great movies, has passed away um, due to stroke. He suffered a stroke and um, died from the complications of the stroke. You know, his family, through this tragic loss, is taking it upon themselves to bring more awareness to cardiovascular disease, such as high blood pressure. And, And so in this episode, I felt like it was fitting to talk about this topic because High blood pressure is known as the silent killer. And blood pressure, what it basically is, is the force of blood pushing against the blood vessel walls. And it is measured in millimeters of mercury. And what high blood pressure is, is when the pressure in your arteries is higher than it should be. And another name for high blood pressure is hypertension. Normally, when you someone tells you the blood pressure, it's mentioned in two numbers, um, such, such as like 112 over 78. And the top number is known as the systolic number. And this measures the pressure of when your heart beats. And the lower number is called the diastolic number. And this is the pressure when the heart rests in between beats. So a normal blood pressure would, is normally recognized as 120 over 80. But if you're an adult and your systolic number, the top number is 120 to 129 and your lower number which is the diastolic number is less than 80 then you have elevated blood pressure and high blood pressure um, is pressure of 130 systolic or higher or 80 a diastolic number Um, the diastolic number is 80 or higher that stays high over time okay like I mentioned before high blood pressure is known as a silent killer um, because there's usually no signs of when you have symptoms of high blood pressure. That is why it's so dangerous, but it can be managed. And some risk factors that contribute to high blood pressure is smoking and exposure to secondhand smoke, diabetes, being obese or overweight, high cholesterol, an unhealthy diet, or drinking too much alcohol, and when you're physically inactive uh, for extended long periods of time if you're not active at all, and also stress can contribute to high blood pressure. And here are some statistics that are very alarming. 
nearly half of the American population over the age of 20 has high blood pressure and many don't even know it. Over half of the American population has high blood pressure. You know, that's crazy. So not treating high blood pressure is dangerous. We always tell our clients, you have to do something. Some people do not like to take medication, but your blood pressure needs to be managed and you can definitely address it from a natural holistic perspective. But until it gets stabilized, you have to do something and take something to make sure that that is stabilized. And then maybe um, look into diet and lifestyle and things of that nature. Okay, high blood pressure also increases the risk of heart attack and stroke. So make sure to get your blood pressure checked regularly. And most importantly, if it is high, do something about it, whether from a Western perspective or Eastern, do something to manage and get that blood pressure where it needs to be. So now let's dive into this week's episode. And this week's episode is on gluten free flours. And in the last episode in the Organic Food for Thoughts segment, I touched on gluten sensitivity and I shared my journey with gluten, how in the past, especially when I was 100% plant-based, I used to consume a lot of gluten and I didn't really react to it. My body could digest it. But then over time, I started to notice whether I was congested, I had inflammation, um, skin skin eruptions, um, or my skin constitution would be off. Um, and yeah, I just started to notice that my body wasn't really digesting it properly or was reacting to the gluten. And then, you know, over time it got more severe and severe. And, um, you know, I didn't really like to eat a lot of packaged processed foods, but I would make my own gluten, right? And I think um, that was just my body was like, I'm done. <laughs> so I had to pull back and, started to eat a gluten-free diet. And during that process, I rebuilt my digestive system, my gut to the point where um, I'm not, um, I don't react as much to gluten. Um, My gluten sensitivity, you know, significantly diminished, but I, I don't, so I can consume it. I don't react to it as much, but it still doesn't suit me. I don't, you know, um, my body just doesn't like it. So I lean more towards a gluten-free diet. But if I did eat it, um, I wouldn't react so severely to it, right? And so during this process, I had to learn some other new things. And so that's why in this episode, I want to share these gluten-free flours. So whether you have a gluten sensitivity or not, these are certain things that you can incorporate. And gluten sensitivity is becoming more and more prevalent. You see it in restaurants, um, you see it in in supermarkets, there is more gluten-free options available because unfortunately, gluten sensitivity is on the rise. And, you know, for some, and I'm, as I mentioned in the last episode, that people who have a severe, severe, severe gluten sensitivity develop a disease called celiac disease. And that's someone that's like an autoimmune disease. You know, in that case, when someone cons- consumes gluten, it could be very, very detrimental to their health to the point where you have to go to the hospital. Just in the the way the foods are processed now, so many people have the sensitivity, even if they don't know it. But this episode is for someone who's gluten free or not, um, because certainly taking a break from gluten can definitely help. Gluten is, let's face it, a comfort food. It makes things taste amazing, even though gluten, you know, I don't really, my body doesn't like it. It certainly tastes good. I wish I could eat it. 
but it's it's definitely a pleasure food. It's 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 all about pleasure. It's comfort foods. So it's always great to periodically fast from these things to re- abstain from or refrain from these things. Abstain, I think that's the word, right? <laughs> abstain from these things. Um, so give your body a rest. So in that time, these are some things that you can incorporate in your diet in place of gluten, like white flour, whole wheat flour, things of that nature, pastas. Um, you can make pastas for some of these flours. Like it's a whole nother world out there. So in this episode, we're going to dive into a few gluten-free flour options. So the first one we're going to touch on is coconut flour. And coconut flour is made from dried coconut meat and offers a mild coconut flavor. Its light texture yields similar results to regular flour and is good for baking breads and desserts. Note that coconut flour absorbs a lot more water than regular or almond flour. It's high in saturated fat and this medium chain triglyceride can provide energy for your body and may help lower bad LDL cholesterol in combination with the flour's fiber content. Research suggests its fiber content may help maintain healthy blood sugar levels as it does not cause them to spike. So coconut flour is a good option for those with nut and gluten allergies. It can be contaminated in the processing phase, so be sure to look at where your flour was produced. And I've used coconut flour a lot for desserts. I've used it when making fish if you wanted to... um, you know, put a little batter on fish. I've used it to make pancakes. I've used it on so many different recipes. Like I said, you can use it for baking and non-baking recipes as a substitute in place of flour. The next flour is almond flour. And almond flour is one of the most common grain and gluten-free flours. It's made from ground blanched almonds, which means the skin has been removed. One cup of almond flour contains about 90 almonds and has a nutty flavor. It's commonly used in baked goods and can be a grain-free alternative to breadcrumbs. It can typically be substituted in a one-to-one ratio in place of regular or wheat flour. If you're baking with this type of flour, use one extra egg. Note that the batter will be thicker and your end product denser. Almond flour contains many minerals, including iron, magnesium, calcium, potassium, copper, and manganese. It's also a good source of vitamin E and monosaturated fat. Almond flour is a nutritious replacement for flours containing gluten and can be used in a variety of baking dishes. I've certainly used almond flour for desserts, baked goods. Um, I know Jamal makes a great almond pancake, um, almond flour pancake. And we actually loaded that in our private health community in the library. Um, we, I, I'm putting more and more um, gluten-free options in there because a lot of our clients that come in um, have digestive issues and we help them to reverse or, you know, strengthen that. And so it all starts with the diet. So a lot of people struggle when you have to take certain things away that you're used to using. Um, so I'm p- putting more and more gluten-free and sugar-free recipes in the food library. And I we put the almond flour pancakes. Did I put that? Yes, I believe I put that in there. And um, a, a brownie recipe. I think I just load, I'm about to load a lemon pound cake. Yes. And these are all gluten-free, sugar-free 
um, recipes. So Health Warrior members, make sure you um, check out the food library under desserts in your member portal for those gluten-free, sugar-free recipes. Okay, so now let's move on to the next gluten-free flour. The next one is arrowroot flour. And arrowroot is a less common gluten and grain-free powder. It's made from a starchy substance extracted from a tropical plant known as, I'm going to try to pronounce this, Maranta arundinacea. It's a versatile flour and can be used as a thickener or mixed with almond, coconut, or tapioca flours for bread and dessert recipes. If you want a crispy, crunchy product, use it on its own. This flour is rich in potassium, B vitamins, and iron. Studies have shown it may stimulate immune cells and boost immune function. And its starch-based arrowroot flour can be a good thickener or mixed with other flours to create bread products. It might even provide an immune boost. And I've definitely used arrowroot flour. It's a great substitute for cornstarch. So if you didn't want to use cornstarch, it's a good thickener as well. I've used it in a lot of recipes. So And it's, you know, certainly um, very light and it has a lot of great properties. So definitely that's something to have in your pantry. And the last gluten-free flour that I'm going to suggest is flaxseed meal. And flax meal is actually ground flaxseeds. And the benefits of whole flaxseeds is that it's high in omega-3 fatty acids and it has um, cholesterol-lowering properties. And flaxseeds also contain dietary fiber that helps relieve constipation. So it's good for regularity. And according to the North Dakota State University, the best way to yield the benefits of whole flaxseeds is to grind them into a fine powder, better known as flax meal. And the ground flaxseeds keep for several months in the refrigerator or freezer inside an airtight container or opaque container. And flaxseed meals can be used to make breads or desserts. And I recently saw this delicious way to make tortillas out of flax seeds because if you need to eat a gluten-free diet or low-carb diet, just with two ingredients or Maybe you add psyllium husk to it, um, you can make a tortilla from it. And I'm going to add that very soon to the member portal of our private health community. Um, just options, because these are the things that people want, the bread products and things of that nature. So to create these things, have them gluten-free, it's a win-win. Okay, so those are the four that I'm going to suggest in this episode. Coconut flour, almond flour, arrowroot flour, and flaxseed meal. And these are ones that are commonly in most supermarkets that you don't have to always get them from Whole Foods. Um, I know Trader Joe's has them, but even ShopRite, where I live, is a big um, supermarket chain. ShopRite generally has um, these gluten-free options as well. So thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Hopefully you receive some value from it. And for access to the show notes pages, just go to lifestrengthandhealth.com forward slash 108. And there, if you have any questions about this episode, any of the gluten-free flour options, if you needed more information about our private health community, if you needed more information about our wellness center, Life Strength and Health, and how we help people um, feel and look their best naturally by focusing on the digestive system, um, just go to the show notes pages at lifestrengthandhealth.com forward slash 108. And you can do all of that there or find out more about us. Okay, so thank you for tuning in. Stay tuned for the next episode. And until next time, live healthier.